I'd spend most of my time alone. <laughs> when they finally let you out of your cage, just want to talk to someone. Yeah, you, you get, you're in a room full of people who know what the hell you're talking about. That's the best thing about conventions is that, you know, uh, for one thing, you, you run the risk of being the coolest person in the room. <laughs> but it's also, you know, you get to talk to people who, uh, if you want to talk about some rare comic book or some unusual take on a horror movie that, or the, some missing film, any of that stuff. It's great. You know, you got people who you don't have to give them a whole background on it. Right. You could just be like, Hey, you know that thing? Hey, yeah. <laughs> How about that thing? That thing's great. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Well, let's intro it and talk about some movies. Okay. All right. Hey, listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about horror movies, which we will spoil. But first, we talk about recently watched things, which we will try not to spoil. And we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show. Uh, you can find the music on Apple Music or Amazon, where you could buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are, the Moon Dash Rays. And, uh,. We're not professional critics. We are not. We're just your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Jolian and Will. Hello. Guys, since we did this last, have you watched anything? Quite or, a few. Oh, good. Will, start it. Uh, surprised uh, how many uh, things I watched or mostly you parked. You parked in front of a screen for a while. For a little bit. Uh, a couple of these I watched... Uh, going to before going to sleep but one i uh i did watch uh although i was hesitant to because of the runtime uh but i watched the batman mm. mm-hmm. uh 2022 three hour runtime fantastic i'm glad you liked it it was comic booky and real at the same time mm-hmm. in just the perfect amount and dark without being dreary. It was fairly dreary. Well, okay, dark without being depressing? <laughs> no, I don't think it was terribly depressing, although Batman, uh, for once, seemed like an actual character Yeah. in the story, um, as opposed to uh, just kind of a... More three-dimensional instead of two-dimensional. Yeah, a little bit more three-dimensional. Uh, Batman's usually the most or the least interesting character in his movies. <laughs> um, I did not care for any of the uh, Nolan Batman films. 
Uh, I couldn't watch the last one. Um, everybody loved the second one, and I thought it was just awful. Uh, I don't, I don't quite know what the difference is in this one, but they they nailed it because it's like I said, it's it's comic booky, but it the same time it's kind of real i don't know it was an interesting yeah mix. It, it made it very clear that he was a this fantasist and to make him work everything in the movie has to be part of his fantasy uh you can't have cops pick him up and throw him off a crime scene they can object to it but you know in real life he'd, he'd, he wouldn't be in the room exactly and at first i was bothered by that because that was something i was really bothered with in the nolan uh uh Dark Knight yes. movie is he shows up at a crime scene and he's walking around. He one he looks ridiculous because he's brightly lit now. Yes. This he looks like a crazy person in a costume, which he is. Mm-hmm. And he shows up and I was like, oh, he's here with the cops. They're gonna be oh, it's Batman, you know. Mm-hmm. But and let him. But no, they're like, who's this nutcase? <laughs> but um, the whole. Uh... The whole city has to be Batman city. It has to be dark and uh-huh. everything has to be bent to his fantasy to, for him to work. And they, they do that. So it works. They do it. It works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was really pleasantly surprised. Um, I was also surprised that the three hour runtime went by. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel it lag. Uh, no. But maybe a tiny bit at the end. I felt like, okay, it's gone on a little long. We'll wrap this up. Um but that's just me. Uh, from the for the most part, though, I thought it went by really smoothly. It was nicely paced. They didn't do four or five endings. They didn't do four or five endings. We didn't have to see any origin. Oh yeah, that's it true. was just straight in. We know who Batman is. He's been around for ninety years or however long Batman's been around. Um. There were brief conversations about the origin, but... I didn't have to see, you know, his parents get shot again. Yes, uh, roses hit the pavement and strings of pearls toppling away. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, great Batman. Probably the best Batman film outside of the uh, 1949 one with Robin. <laughs> Harry Robin. Harry Robin, balding. <laughs> Bal- balding. Five o'clock shadow of Robin. Who's his roommate, not his ward. In the dollar store Batmobile. Like, you know, Batman has his costume. That's his thing. And then he gets a roommate who's like, dude, I'm going to totally dress up with you. And he shows up in that outfit. And you're like, what the fuck, Bert? (laughs) Or whatever his name is. Dick. Dick. (laughs) What? The, uh, this new, the Batman. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't of, like that title. Reminded me of more than the <laughs> Nolan films is uh, the Crow. It's got that nineties miserableism, mm. dark and wet, <laughs> grunge song soundtrack, grunge song, um, uh, lots of eye makeup. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A a rave. Were either of you? you know? super- yeah, that, 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 an actual good club scenes. It is like an actual club. Yeah, it wasn't that loud, but it was, you know. Better than most movies where they can just like sidle up to the bar and have a perfectly hey, normal conversation. <laughs> were, were either of you surprised when uh, Something in the Way by Nirvana got into the the lyric, the vocal parts, and it was actually Nirvana instead of like some 
22-year-old, yeah. you know, singer who... Right, right. Fe- Some female. awful emo version. Yeah, 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 something just recently used an emo version of a... Well, it's a, it's a way around paying as much oh, in royalties. Sure, yeah. Yeah. But so, I'm trying to think what, what what was... It was a Nirvana song, and it was the same thing. I was thinking that, like... Yeah. yeah. I think the last time they used something in the way was Jerry Maguire. Oh, God, really? Wow, that's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Bat- The Batman, 2022. Check guess, it out. I guess that shortens our lists also, Julian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, there was one thing, though about it um i'll talk about it off air because i don't want to give any spoiler okay did you recognize colin farrell at all no no that's brilliant that makeup was incredible his he he didn't act like colin farrell he acted like this bad dude i would never guess that it was him no no if i was looking at that you know him for however long of a clip over and over and over i would have not guessed Colin Farrell and uh, Peter Sarsgaard uh, had a small part in this and uh, that was interesting to see him in it um, uh, you know in that club scene uh, oh Andy Circus, I recognized him right away and yeah. said what I didn't know he was playing Alfred that was yeah that was some cool stuff Jeffrey Wright as Lieutenant Gordon you know yeah I don't know why he's not commissioner, but uh, well, this is uh, before he becomes commissioner. I loved his. Oh. The commissioner gets his face eaten off by rats. Oh, okay. That guy was yes. the com- okay. Got it. So, uh, well, I mean, he's still lieutenant, but that's I think it, he probably goes. You know, after this movie would become commissioner. Mm-hmm. I don't know how police how works about, go. Uh, Zoe Kravitz. Oh my goodness. Probably the most beautiful woman I've seen <laughs> in a long, long time. Just unearthly yeah. beauty. Like, wow. Just three hours of her walking around on the screen would be plenty for me. And that's what happens when you have two pretty parents. <laughs> <laughs> Not always, though, but you know, what a genetic roll of the dice. She is beautiful and talented. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I thought it was a. Uh, I thought it, Catwoman surprisingly gets better every movie. Yeah. Well, I thought she's really good. It's hard to beat Halle Berry's Catwoman. <laughs> it is <laughs> the movie with more writers and directors than all other movies put together. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, so, crazy. so yeah, really good. The Riddler was fantastic. That oh, opening yeah. scene when he comes out of the shadows, yeah, was creepy. Yeah, it was weird. The choices they made on that. Yeah. A different take on the Riddler, for mm-hmm. sure. So what else? <laughs> uh, well, let's see. I watched, because it had somebody in it who we mentioned last week, mm-hmm. uh, Patty Duke. Oh, the yeah. person who was up for the role of... Uh, Rosemary. Rosemary. In Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. And... Uh, Anyway, did not watch the uh, the sequel, Rose, whatever happened to Rosemary's Baby, uh, which evidently has Patty Duke in it. Mm-hmm. But I did watch something equally as good. <laughs> Amityville 4, The Evil oh. Escapes. Okay. This is the famous evil lamp. Yes. Which is funny because I saw this movie <laughs> probably shortly after it came out on video a million years ago. 
Um, I think it was on a series of slides, perhaps, <laughs> or acted out by a troop that came through the town. It was so long ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, it's one of those movies that I haven't seen since. I remember even as a kid, like, wow, this is really bad. This is really dumb. Movie that you watch again, you're like, wow, I remember all of this. This is imprinted somewhere. Imagine being at a pitch meeting for that. Well, it's Amityville, right? But it's a lamp. Oh, dude, a lamp? All I could think of is somebody said, I don't want to film in New York. Can we film it in, in California? Maybe they move the house here. Like, mm-hmm. Eh, we can't really. That's not believable. What if it's an evil lamp or something? Like, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> and that's about all the thought they it's, put into it. They've finally gone into space with the Amityville. Did they? Movies, yeah. Oh, man. What? So, like, in the last two years, you've had, I think the last one was Amityville in space. And then um, before that, there was Amityville with the vibrator. I kid you not. <laughs> wow. <sighs> There's no shortage of bad ideas. No. I've not seen them. Maybe they're great. They could be. <laughs> as good as I'm to be. But four. let me tell you, four, The Evil Escapes is not good at all. No. <laughs> no. Is it as good as, a, say, a Salem's Lot sequel? I don't, I don't know that I've seen the Salem's Lot Re- sequel. Return to Salem's Lot. Yeah. Did you like that one? That's a good idea. Like, uh, Larry Cohen has good ideas. But the execution is, is not usually terrible. good. Mm. And that kid in it is so shitty. It's just, you know, we talk about movies with shitty kids in them. That kid is just awful. Mm. Um, let's see what so else. So the lamp escapes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's bought at a yard sale. Yeah. I kid you not. Moved across the kills country. Kills an old lady. It's bought as a gag gift from one old lady. This movie hates old women. Yes. Oh, okay. Because it just lines them up and then starts killing them. I will say it's entertainingly bad. It's not. Oh, it's, it's not like one of those difficult to sit through ones. No, no. I'll I'll mention one that briefly that I did have uh, trouble sitting through. Uh, I may or may not talk about it because save it for next week. Yeah, uh, I tried to watch 1959's Invasion of the Animal People. Oh yeah. Um, <sighs> wow. I like that one. Uh, John Carradine. Oh, you saw the American version. Yeah, it put me to sleep. Okay. Uh, it is just, he is just rambling off mm-hmm. text. I'm not even sure he's aware of what he's saying. It seems so disconnected. <laughs> like, how drunk are you? Oh, I, I tried to watch that one too late. and uh, yeah, I've, I've only seen the, the original version. Of oh, because he also did this, uh, like, there's this Japanese abominable snowman movie, which they did an American cut where they cut out all the good stuff, and they just had John Carradine in a room with a, doing, doing an autopsy. <laughs> this is pretty much that. It shows clips from obviously a different movie, and then it's just him sitting in a, quote, laboratory. Yes. Basically narrating the thing, because they've cut out all the dialogue. And so it's real choppy, and you're like, I don't know what's going on or who these people are. Uh, why is she here? What's yeah? She sees a UFO at the beginning, the lady, and then 
she's sent on a ski trip. Yeah. Sure. It's a good one. Uh, and then finally, I'll wrap this up. Uh, I watched the, a, uh, a docu-series, uh, two-part docu-series, only because it came up immediately after uh, Bram Stoker, or let me repeat that, Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Savile, oh. an Ameri- or a British horror Oh, yeah. I wow. saw I saw the preview for that. Uh, had you heard of him before? Oh, no, no. I knew who he was. I didn't. I, uh, I became aware of him probably in the late 90s at, as a British celebrity, and he was just some weird old mm. kind of creepy grandpa. Uh, didn't really know about him, though. I uh, knew he did a kid's show and uh, was a DJ. Yeah, and that was about it. And then later, I learned he did a bunch of charity work. Yeah, uh, didn't know quite the extent of charity work he did, or uh, <laughs> I guess nobody or not a, a lot of people knew what was driving that need for all that charity work because mm-hmm. he was trying to, I don't know, counteract all the evil he was putting well, into the world. Got him access to kids. And it got him access to kids and and hospital patients, which mm-hmm. I did not realize. The hospital patients part, I thought it was it was just BBC stuff, but uh, mm-hmm. mm, no. So super creepy. Uh, probably not something to watch right after Dracula. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it makes Dracula look better. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. like well, Takes Dracula. Head. What was the fear about Dracula? Yeah. <laughs> He seemed like he was okay once he, you know, met Mina. <laughs> yeah, she kind of called him He was down. willing to settle down, I mm-hmm. think, for yeah. eternity with her. Uh, not old Jimmy Savile. <laughs> <laughs> May he burn in hell. Uh, and then uh, I'll save the rest for later. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, yeah, what a creepy, creepy man. <laughs> Julian, go ahead. The Batman. The Batman. The previously discussed Batman. You liked it. Yes. Um, excellent photography, soundtrack. Um, yeah, I thought the soundtrack was pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, almost wished something in the way wasn't in there, but it worked. Yeah. I like the, uh, the club tracks. They had like some Peggy Goo in there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, watched Spider-Man No Way Home again. Um it's exhausting. There's so many Easter eggs and callbacks in there. It's just... Mm. <laughs> Is this the latest Spider-Man? Yeah. Um, have I talked about this before? It's, no. It's quite emo. Like, especially when those those the th- those three actors get together. There's lots of teary eyes. Mm. And it, it also hinges on, uh, you know, like most Spider-Man stories, it hinges on a tragic death. Mm-hmm. And, um, but... It always strikes me hollow with Marvel movies because this is a universe where there's no death. Yeah. So you can't do that. No. In, in, my, in my opinion, you can't say, oh, it's a terrible tragedy, someone's died. It's, it's the Marvel universe. You've got magic gods. You've got multiple yeah, universes. They and, could turn out to be an android. Uh, time travel. Yeah. Yeah. You can do anything. So Clones. It's like having a movie depend on that. Mm-hmm. doesn't work for me. Um, Maybe if it was something like 
I mean, I guess this doesn't even work, but Spider-Man loses his powers, you know, or... Yeah, you can do those stories. You do that, it's a little different, I guess, because maybe he doesn't get them back. Yeah. Probably, but... <laughs> uh, I've, I've not... I've, I don't like the new Spider-Man, so I've avoided those. I don't... I don't know why, it just... That kid rubs me the wrong way. You don't like all your superheroes to be British? Uh, that doesn't bother me so much. They're all the British or Australian, aren't they? Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, it's funny. You're two out of three Spider-Men. <laughs> that is true, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that kid, but he bugs me. <laughs> he doesn't seem... Peter Parker's always cracking jokes, but they're obviously covering up his real emotional pain because he's <laughs> mentally scarred like mm -hmm. all Marvel superheroes. Yes. So, uh, I don't want him mopey like the Batman. Uh, he's a bit know. of a sad sack, isn't he? He was a sad sack, but it totally makes sense. And you're like, wow, his plan doesn't make any sense. And he's still going with it. And then at the end, he realizes <laughs> it's not making any sense. And he's still going with it. So, I don't know. Did you did you catch the nod to the 66 Batmobile when they showed the that center tailpipe flame up? Uh-huh. Yeah. I How did he get into the car, though? Hmm. Magic? Yeah, that seemed a little weird. Like, there was a weird cut there. I'm like, hmm, the editor helped him out. I don't know how he got in there. <laughs> he was just on the ground, and they just showed him on the ground, and then he, he's magically in the car. Well, you know that, that part in uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas special where they just wave their hands over the Christmas tree? Yeah. And then it's decorated? <laughs> That's it's, what yeah, happened. Yeah, they use that, whatever that is. There is somebody shot at the end of the movie, uh... Who's then not? <laughs> it's very strange. I I have to rewatch it. I think I probably will rewatch this movie, which is saying a lot for me because mm. I don't rewatch films. Uh, next week's movie will be a perfect example of why you don't rewatch <laughs> films. <laughs> anyway, what else you got? Uh, I watched um, No Time to Die again. Oh, nice. Um. I need to watch it. Yeah, it's, it's enjoyable stuff. Yeah. It's uh, underwhelming, as most of the recent ones are. Yeah. Uh, I thought they got it. I thought Casino Royale was perfect, and then the rest of them was like, mm. Yeah, I don't know quite how they caught lightning in the bottle there, but. Yeah, I think that like the, the macro level, the scripts are weak. Mm-hmm. And then the micro level, they've forgotten how to do especially insert shots. There's, there's all these times in the movie I noticed that, oh, back in the day, uh, they would have put in a really fast shot here just to keep the story going really smoothly mm -hmm. and let you know what's going on, who's got what, uh, what the geography is. So like, there's, there's instances in this movie where someone will, like towards the end, someone tosses James Bond a gadget. And you don't know what it is because it's like a, you're, you're, quite far away from it and they, oh, okay, they don't yeah. mention what it is and then you realize later on what it is but um and that's just one of the instances i thought oh back in the day you would have got we'll a close-up of it yeah. in his hand just for a you know, split second but you know what it is but um anyway um pretty good looking film 
Nice. Was that it? Yeah, I'll leave. I'll leave others <clears throat> next week. Okay. Um, I, I hope I hope that I'm telling you something new here. Uh, if if you have not heard about this, Metal Lords. Do you know I this? I don't know. Okay, this one's on Netflix, and you may have seen like. I saw the box. The, we'll the box say. art. The box art. The poster art. Um, this it's one. Neither poster nor thumbnail art. Should we say uh, the icon? I don't know what what do what do you call it? The art. The art for the movie. The art. Um, this one is brand new. It's a 2022 movie. Uh, this is uh, written uh, by D.B. Weiss and directed by Peter Solette. D.B. Weiss, you might know from. Uh, Game of Thrones. So this is a guy who, uh, he is a co-creator of, of the show Game of Thrones based of course on George RR R. Martin's books. Um, a real award winner. He's, he's won awards for, uh, his writing and directing, and he's also a, a producer. This movie is about, uh, one kid who is a fully realized metalhead who knows everything about the history, all the stuff you should know, and is living the life of a, a for real metalhead. And um, his name's Hunter. And he's got a best friend who's a real nerd named Kevin, who's in the marching band. And they apparently have been best friends for a lot of years. And they're probably juniors in high school. And, the you know, he figures, well, Kevin's playing... He's playing the drum in the marching band, so why not get him playing a drum set and we'll start the band I always wanted to start, Skullfucker. So the idea here is that they're going to um, form an an actual metal band, find a bass player and do this thing. They could exist as a three-piece band. Um, Hunter plays guitar and he's really good. He sings. He's pretty good at that too. And... Um, to give you a little idea, uh, some of these movies, they'll just use generic metal ish stuff as the soundtrack or the, you know, uh, the atmospheric music, they've got all this stuff licensed. So it's wonderful. And Tom Morello from, uh, Rage Against the Machine is the direct, I think he's the music director for this. So you've got somebody who really knows their metal and all kinds of people who really know what's going on here behind the scenes on this to make this not just some uh, fumbling, idiotic attempt at saying, oh, here's what some metalhead in high school would be like. No, this guy is like the, what you'd expect for real. And he's just a little too insistent and a little too over the top and a little crazy about what it is he's trying to do. And I can't say much more than that without starting to spoil what's happening in the movie. But there's a... Um, there's a young woman who's in uh, school with them who has some problems. Um, and if she's off her meds, those problems become really bad. And uh, she was playing clarinet in that same marching band, but not for long. But she's really into the cello. And I'll leave it at that. See this movie. It is really touching, really, really funny. Uh, some uh, cameos that are just amazing and cool. And you get to listen to a bunch of great music. I mean, when I heard Metal Gods by Judas Priest as the opening music to this, I was like, oh man, that's a deep cut. That's not even like, 
that's not a hit single or anything like that. This is a, this is a deep cut and going forward from there, it's just fantastic. You got to see this. Um, is your dedication to, to the guitar what determines whether you become a metal band or a punk band? I would think like that's if gotta... I'm not really into playing the guitar, but I want to be in a band. I'm going to have to go punk. Yeah, if you, if you want to go on stage that night and you haven't played a note before, yeah. you're a yeah. punk. <laughs> right. If you don't really know how to play the instrument. Because you said, you know, he plays really well and he sings pretty well. I was like, hmm. No. Are those good qualities? <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> and you could be some virtuoso like, you know, Ingve Malmsteen and never enjoy the success of somebody with a fraction of your talent. Yeah. It's just not, there's no... Um, there's no levels of merit upon which you are awarded your success. <laughs> so it's just like whoever's got the coolest ideas and the best promotion. I don't know. Um, I also watched an episode of breaking the band, uh, which is a, uh, it's pronounced breaking bad, breaking the bad. <laughs> no, it's breaking the band. And I was a, a little curious, like, is there anything else anyone has to say about why kiss broke up sort of, you know, they then replaced the two guys. Uh, and, uh, this was interesting. It's about a 40 minute episode. And I think with commercials and a lot of crap, it is supposed to be an hour of television, but I think I found this one on Tubi. I'm pretty sure. And, uh, it was interesting. Um, you got to see a whole lot of stuff and, and some additional like, uh, TV interview footage and behind the scenes stuff and some terrible reenactments where they didn't even get the makeup. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh it's terrible. Like I've seen this. You've seen this one. It's like Ace has these extra stripes under uh, on his jaw, like underneath the the uh, lightning eye, eye makeup. It's like what the hell? And Peter Chris is. Do you can't... think that's a copyright? Mm -hmm. I thought about that too. Like maybe it's like oh, it's not really like. It's like clown makeup is copyrighted. Yeah, yeah. Like Gene Simmons is going to sue you. Yeah, probably. He, he might. He's a litigious asshole. Yeah. He'll sue anybody for anything. Um, but this was really interesting to get a little more of the story because I find it interesting. Why'd they break up? Um, well, Wilco Ono, strangely. Basically. We all owe her a real big apology. <laughs> she was just going around breaking bands up. Uh, I think it basically had to Came be... Came a force of good and broke up <laughs> shitty bands. Gene and Paul are really stuffy, and Ace and Peter are a lot of fun. That's what I got out of this. Oh. <laughs> to their own detriment. They okay. A lot of... About fun, you mean alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious, <laughs> tragic alcoholics who also really dig drugs. Uh-huh. Rock stars. Uh, yeah. They were actually re behaving like rock stars, which is not a, you know, was not Gene and Paul's long-term plan. No. They were going to pretend to, you know. Be rock stars. But, but, but be businessmen instead. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, is there no happy medium? There, you'd think so, right? You know, like make an ass of yourself once in a while. Yeah. Just enough to keep it interesting. Keep it interesting, you know. But you can do it. We're trashing a hotel, but it's a Motel 6 because we're saving money, you know. And, and, <laughs> uh, yeah. and we didn't really trash it too bad. Uh, some bottles got knocked over and somebody kicked in the TV. But uh, 
I almost watched the Van Halen one too, but you know, I don't know. I, I think the Kiss one was enough for me. And then I watched, uh, that kind of got me thinking about, um, I don't know what, you know, sometimes the, the path of your, you know, thoughts and logic are, but I got to where I was thinking about that show Fridays that tried to compete with SNL for a couple of years. Now this was like, uh, like 1980 and it ended in 82. So it was only like two years total, like three seasons. Um, Michael Richards, Larry yep. David, Larry David, <laughs> a very young Larry David. It's weird, but yeah, Michael Richards, um, uh, strangely not a young Michael Richards. No, he looks about the same age, doesn't he? He doesn't age. Yeah, he just started out at about 44 and sort of stayed that way till he someday turned 60. I don't know. Something like that. But uh, Mark Blankfield, uh, Melanie Chartoff, uh, Rich Hall, Bruce Mahler, a whole bunch of people on this uh, cast that were just great comedic actors, some of them, and, uh, you know, some of them brilliant in other ways, but... It's just sketch comedy, but unlike SNL, they weren't like trying to get Bob Dylan or whomever, you know, they were trying to get a younger generation's music. So they, I found the episodes where they had Devo and mm-hmm. The Clash. And I've seen the Devo one. I haven't seen The Clash. Devo actually appeared twice, but it oh, okay. was their first appearance. And it was really cool to watch this. Uh, and this is available on Tubi. They've got all three seasons. So I watched uh, a couple of those, a couple of those shows, and really enjoyed it. They did a <laughs> sketch called "Diner of the Living Dead," which wasn't really that funny, but it was kind of a cool concept, and uh, that was a lot of fun. And I'd say that's about it for me. And I watched this week's movie. So Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. So Julian, you nineteen ninety seven. In all truthfulness, it's 1992, but who's counting? So, Julian, what's your uh, what's your story with this one? What's your experience? Uh, I saw it when it came out. I, was, I think I was in Japan at the time, so saw it on the big screen. Do the Japanese, in general, seem to love vampires? Um, yeah, they've definitely made more vampire movies than they have werewolf movies, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. But how many mummy movies have they made? <laughs> I've seen mummies on TV series. They've not made any mummy movies, no. Darn. You would have known because you did a deep dive on the mummies. Yeah. Yeah. I think of a couple of Hong Kong ones. Oh, you're playing the mic stand. (laughs) (laughs) What's this music? I am going to wrap these stupid springs in something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, You've seen them on TV, but no Japanese mummy movies that you're aware of. Let's immediately sidetrack. <laughs> immediately. Thinks. Japanese mummy movies this week on Chewing the Scenery. Thanks. Thanks. No, there aren't any. None. That's crazy. So vampire movies? Yeah. Like they did, uh, uh, there was a trilogy in the early 70s. Where they, Toho made their own like, uh, vampire take on um, Hammer movies. Oh. Interesting. Yes. So what was the crowd reaction like in the movie theater? They weren't they weren't uh, very popular though. Um, crowds uh, at the time crowds were very quiet. Oh, this was a point at which they were more reserved. Yeah. Okay. Including at rock concerts, I went to 
Unless you listen to Cheap Trick live at Budokan. Um, <laughs> I mean, that that is possible that that crowd sound is all just sort of uh, recorded and overlapped on top of the live performances. Uh, possibly. I, I remember liking it and liking the look of it, but not being that keen on it. And I got the Mike Mignola comic version of it. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, that's, so I, I don't think I've seen it again since then. That is exactly my story, pretty much. Um, I like the look of it. I remember being really hyped to see this. Mm-hmm. Um, going and seeing it probably opening night or shortly thereafter. And being pretty much disappointed, in a way. Uh, so you expect like something? I look, I, again, I, I thought the look was good. I, I think I liked the comic better <laughs> <laughs> because of Magnola's art, um, who I was familiar with from covers, but not. I don't think I'd seen him do any interiors yet. Hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, I've seen this at least once since it came out. I watched a fan edit that somebody did that was a little closer to the book. Okay. They basically cut out the whole love story bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I enjoyed that a little more. <laughs> we talk about fan edits sometimes, and joking aside, some movies could use it. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind the addition of the love story to this, but I just felt that there was... Uh, two seriously miscast people in this film. No way, man. Who? Uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. What? <laughs> and Tom Waits. <laughs> Terrible in this. Uh, you know, you have Not Keanu the, Reeves and Winona Ryder giving their uh, all. The great British actor Keanu Reeves? Yes. That one? Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, this thing was filmed in Culver City, California, so... Was it? About as British as I am. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched at the end. I was like, where did they film this? I thought it would be, you know, uh, you know, Elstree or Pinewood Studios or uh, something, yeah. but... You'd think, you'd think... But they... no, it was Culver City, California. Damn. So, it just seems... It makes me think of sunny California, you know. Oh, yeah, totally. How vampires love sunny California. Yeah, it's like they're hiding in plain sight. Mm-hmm. Who's going who's gonna to even think they're there? Like uh, Santa Carla. Yeah. So, so Julian, you saw this. You were a little nonplussed, as Will was. Mm-hmm. I almost saw it opening week. Well, no, I almost saw it a week earlier than opening weekend because my little backstory is, is, um, college days. Um, we were going, we meaning the, the newspaper staff from, uh, my college, we were going to the society of professional journalists convention, which happened to be in Chicago that year, which meant I was going to get on a flight, uh, that was paid for by not me. And be in Chicago, where my family was, and be able to see them, go to, supposedly go to some uh, 
convention stuff. And uh, one of the cool things that we were told was going to happen was they're going to do some, some screening of uh, screening or screenings of this movie. And uh, we were going to have free passes to it. Well, it turns out a whole lot of other colleges got in way earlier than we did and snapped up all the tickets. So we didn't, none of us got to go. Uh, it was Halloween weekend, if I remember correctly. And I could look real quick and say what the release date was November 13th. So yes, we were two weeks early ish. Wow. So Halloween weekend and, uh, <clears throat> ended up going to a nightclub called the China club. And I met a vampire. No, I was supposed to have free passes to that, but I was late getting back from the burbs where I was visiting some family. And uh, my friends left a note saying, the concierge has tickets. Go to the China Club. We're going to be there. Concierge was gone from the desk. There were no passes for me. So I just grabbed a cab and headed down to the China Club. And uh, I dropped my friends' names as though they were important people because <laughs> I wasn't on the list. And they're like, um, are they associated with the club? And I kind of gave them the... Yeah, they uh, are. yeah, I would say so. Like they, <laughs> like they own the place. They are your boss's boss. I gave them that kind of, you know, those kind of eyebrows and head nods, and all of a sudden I'm getting let in the club for free. Nice. <laughs> now the best, the best couples costume I've ever seen, not to sidetrack or anything, was uh, this was the year that uh, Saturday Night Live uh, there was a performance by um, Sinead O'Connor, and she tore up a picture of the Pope. Uh huh. Sinead O'Connor with the Pope, and she had his picture taped back together. I thought that was, you know, pretty clever. Anyway, got to see it about uh, three weeks later. Ah, and, okay. And I was surprised at how this was Francis Ford Coppola, because this movie constantly reminds you that it's a movie. There are all these dissolves and overlays and composites and stuff, like... There's a train going across this horizon, which has a face superimposed on it and some laughing and someone reading a letter back home to someone as they're writing it. Uh, and I was kind of like, man, this this guy did The Godfather and Godfather 2 and some other movie and Apocalypse Now. This is not the same quality that I'm expecting as far as like uh, vision and point of view. But um, but it was a vampire movie, and I watched it, and there was blood in it, so it was uh, satisfying on some levels. And if you'd seen Gary Oldman in uh, Sid and Nancy, you're kind of prepared for you know him to give a good performance. Lee Harvey Oswald, JFK. <laughs> That's the true. The year before. Was it just the year before? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, what did work, Jolien? When. Uh, so rewatching it now, I really liked it. Yeah, much more. Yeah, isn't uh, it kind of strange? It's like, oh, this I. I don't know if I feel like I kind of get what they were going for now, but I kind of liked all those movie. Yeah, I like that. It reminded me that it was in a movie <laughs> now, where as before I was kind of annoyed by those things, yeah, like you said, deliberately using old technology it, that that would have been accessible back then exactly and i was i was kind of impressed with that like wow they're using all these practical effects how did they get those rats to run upside down on that did they film that backwards and upside down maybe i mean you know what i mean yeah yeah. we had to figure it out on that whatever 
uh, Christine. Christine, yeah. Yeah, like how come putting the camera upside down would do anything for them? <laughs> yeah. Yet, yet it did once you really kind of logic it out. Yeah, I think there's only that one CG morph thing at the end. At the very end, yeah. Yeah. No, the practical effects looked really good. Um, I didn't gain any appreciation for the, you know, showing a map with things moving across it or the, you know, the, the stuff I just mentioned, I didn't gain any more appreciation for that, but I did like the movie better this time than last time I watched it. Um, the performances, I still can't get past Keanu Reeves. Yeah. He, he kind of spoils it a little especially when his his first scenes are his weakest he's not really he doesn't feel like he's inhabiting the character at all right now but um yeah the, the, the initial ones really they struck a bad note mm-hmm. but then as, as you say anthony hopkins he really spoils it for me <laughs> does he um yeah, he's he's doing Anthony Hopkins. He's doing he's he's got his little Hannibal Lecter things. He does like the sniff of Mina. Yeah, uh, he has has all these jokes that the character does. Like uh, <laughs> he turns up at the funeral and he says, "Oh yeah, we're, we're just going to cut off her head and stuff." It's like, no, that's not Van Helsing. Van Helsing's a nut. We know he's a he's a nut from the novel because he's like doing he's doing blood transfusions. Just uh, recklessly, he, yeah. He, he's killing more people than Dracula does, but um, <laughs> what's like? In, speaking of the Batman, the Batman kills more people than the Riddler than does. The Riddler, and, yeah. No one's walking away from that pile up. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> anyway, um, that's always how Batman goes. Batman <laughs> causes way more death and destruction than if he just stayed at home. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> the, the, he causes this massive pile of yeah. fireballs in the highway, and then no one mentions it. No one mentions it, you know. So he could fight more crime from a lazy boy recliner, yeah, like, by just sitting in it. The Riddler well, goes yeah, out. Well, yeah, he's rich too, so yes. <laughs> Riddler targets people, kills that person, moves on. Uh huh. And it has consequences. The Batman kills. I don't know. There must be dozens of people dead. That that was my problem with Batman Begins. Is he doesn't want to behead some rival ninja, and then he bes- pre- proceeds to destroy the entire monastery, killing probably fifty people. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, Van Helsing. Uh, yeah, he he's kind of takes the comedy character role away from Renfield. Renfield's yeah. played. Fairly straight. Uh, I don't mind Tom Waits's. No, I'm, I'm fine with him. I kind of like Tom Waits' um, performance in this. It was okay. Yeah. But he, yeah, he does this, like, uh, they have Anthony Hopkins doing a crazy laugh at, at Quincy and, yeah, and all his his, his uh, inappropriate lines he delivers. And it's just, uh, yeah, you're, you're doing the comedy role here. Yeah. It's, it's like when there was a long stretch of time where. Jack Nicholson was just Jack yeah, Nicholson yeah, yeah, in every exactly. movie he was in. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, it's uh, this character, except for it's Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins did do some Anthony Hopkins roles that weren't really the character. Yeah. That's true. This is the first time, I mean, I haven't watched this movie, but maybe twice, so not surprising. But I did not realize he was a priest at the beginning. Huh. He's the head priest who denies uh, uh, Elizabeth does. Oh, 
uh, he says, you know, oh, she committed suicide or whatever. Yeah, right. it's Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. I didn't catch that. He's playing a dual role. Hmm. Yeah, maybe he has come down through the passage of time. Or not. I like to think they just didn't, the guy didn't show up and... Anthony Hopkins was on yeah. set, and they're like, throw a beard on that guy. <laughs> and he does some of the narration for other characters He does well. some, yeah, which was odd. Um, yeah, this movie's got a lot going for it, but then some really odd choices. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of liked how, uh, well, we talked about the movie effects, but... It, itself felt kind of uh like a stage play at times mm-hmm. um which i think i liked more than than originally do you guys feel like it had more characters than it needed for the story it was telling definitely i mean this is one of the few adaptations that leaves in quincy i yeah <laughs> i was trying to figure out why he was in there yeah uh like where did bram stoker other than he traveled to america i, I don't know yeah, this, this um, it made me think uh, how wise Hammer was to cut out so many characters and locations and just have, you, you just got Dracula's castle and then he turns up in England in yeah. that one place. And there's like, uh, they cut out a lot of the, those supporting characters. Mm-hmm. And it really, so you, it just concentrates on the compelling, horrific situations. Right. And that's it. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So I appreciate this movie. I, I like, I like that they did it. It was um, thorough. But uh, you know, I like the changes they made as well. Like, I like the um, there was a bit of backstory which I usually don't not into, but I like to hear. It works here because it, it's it's pish. yeah, it's brief. Gives you a little something. Yeah, because there's some debate that Bram Stoker had even heard of Vlad Tepish when he wrote he, Dracula. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I liked it here. Re- reworks for setting up why he becomes Count Dracula, mm-hmm. and uh, and why he's obsessed with Mina. Yeah, uh, it's not the first time we've seen a movie where uh, a current character resembles somebody from a flashback yeah, or a painting or right. what have you. Uh, it I feel like it does it well, but it also tries to tell us that it's real. Like this, this is what's really going on. This isn't just the fancy of some ancient tortured mm-hmm. person who really misses his, his first girlfriend. <laughs> uh, that was, you know, met an untimely death or wasn't immortal. She like moved him. to Canada. <laughs> yeah. That's what she After said. After high school. Right. Um, he never saw her again. Yeah. Uh, so what about, what about the um, changes of, of the character from, we meet him, of course, in the flashback, uh, but then in the, in the current um, time setting that we're given, we meet him as this old man, this really ancient old man, and then we see him change not just to a young man, a young handsome guy with a top hat and little glasses and uh, you know his, his uh, soul patch and mustache and all that. Uh, but we also see him as a wolf. We see him as a bat. We see him as a pile of rats. Mm-hmm. Is it too much changing back and forth? Or, or green you... mist. He was a green mist. That's yeah. true, too. No, he does all that in the book, I think. Mm-hmm. Does he? All yeah. that stuff? Yeah. Uh-huh. I know he turns into a dog. I don't a big think he black turns dog. into rats, does he? 
has he has rats he in has one rats. of the basements he lures them to. Hmm. Yeah, I was trying to think of the while I watched this like uh, both this and next week's movie, trying desperately to remember the books. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think they um, go into him becoming a wolf in the novel it's like no it's it's like, it's like mentioned a... that they saw a big black dog coming off the demeter but mm-hmm. that's, that's as far as it goes but yeah you, you kind of imply that oh he's maybe he's a shapeshifter yeah, yeah. So, so he wasn't like talking and in, in werewolf form or anything in the no. book no okay because no. i don't remember that but it's been a lot of years since reading it um i was cool with the uh the bat the 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 sort of Batman that he turned into was uh-huh, interesting. The Batman, <clears throat> yes, he turned into the Batman. What if that was in the Batman movie? Well, didn't they have one called the Man Bat? Yes, yes. they do have that Man looked, Bat. That looked a lot like that. Yeah, he does look like that. That's Except true. for he had pants. Yeah, the monsters had pants back in the day, yeah. or and even sports jackets. Sometimes. They didn't want to explain, you know, what we what we're not seeing with a you know a pantsless werewolf. Mm-hmm. Or pantsless man bat. Pantsless man bat. <laughs> it's my favorite weed strain. Pantsless man bat. <laughs> Fuck you up, man. Stan Lee is like, listen, I got a great idea. <laughs> pantsless man bat. Stan, no, stop. But the uh, so the switching back and forth kind of uh, for the most part stuck to the book. Okay, I. I yeah, I mean, they make reference to it. I don't know, like Jolien said, you know, there's Big Black Dog on, Coming on the, the ship. boat, yeah. you know. I don't think there's a scene where he's like, oh, and then Dracula turned into a mist, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was green. Right. Um, other than that, though, um, I thought the all the looks of the character were pretty cool. You know, I, I don't know if historically... There would be a you know a count in Romania or Transylvania with the big man bun. That, that looked exactly like the hairstyle that the space vampire has in Queen of Blood. Really? In 1966. Oh, how interesting! Which is set in 1990, I believe. Oh wow! But uh, Francis Ford Coppola is, is comes from that Roger Corman school, so uh-huh. I expect he was familiar with Queen of Blood, Queen of John Blood, Saxon, okay. and everything. Yeah, and that Gustav Klimt-looking uh, oh, his, robe. His, ah, yeah, his his uh, nightgown. That was amazing. Where do you get one of those? Yeah, I think uh, Eiko Ishioka got the Oscar for this. Yeah. In fact, I was going to mention that that the Academy Awards that were okay. There were four nominations and three wins. Uh, best art direction didn't win, but it was nominated. But best makeup, best sound effects editing, and best costume design. And you're right. Um, oh yeah, the sound effects were pretty good. Yeah. Now, was that armor supposed to look like, like samurai armor? Yeah, there was. There's a lot of. Um, I Asian thought it looked like muscle. Yeah, it yes. looks. Yeah, it looked like if if a if a a it's samurai armor was made of person. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the the animal had helmets and things like that, and uh, he even wears this like he's got this Chinese robe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there's Chinese robes in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein as well, but it was a style at the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. I guess they had a monster clam bake or something. Yeah. 
that's what they were building up to. This yes. was going to be a shared universe. Right. It was going to be, right. you know, Monster Bash. Where did you get that? Lovely gown. Oh, Such let me tell you. Embroidery. <laughs> yeah, you know, what's interesting about this one is, is uh, the back to the practical effects stuff. There was rear projection and there was matting and there was all this stuff. The only stuff I can remember, although stylistically I didn't really particularly care for all of it, um, early viewing or this most recent viewing, I can still appreciate that it was done practically. And uh, reading up on it, yes, it was. But it was things like the mist and other stuff that was done digitally that didn't work. The other stuff did. Whether I liked it or not, it visually was cool. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like those, those uh, electric-looking smoke rings that were hovering mm-hmm. around and stuff like that was like, yeah, that doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it stands out. In that. Yeah, it does. I think that's just. But like when old-fashioned animation, not even computer-generated. Maybe it I think was. That was just drawn on the negatives <laughs> or composite effect. Yeah, but the. Uh, uh, I like the miniatures. Yeah, mm-hmm. miniature. It's so interesting. It reminded me of uh, Mario Bava, where he's like constructing a whole uh, landscape in a studio. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, what are your choices? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did what, three vampire stories. But the, his, I think the best one is in um, uh, where it's the, the Verdelac story from Black Sabbath mm-hmm. with uh, Boris Karloff. Yeah. And they have like this carriage going through this landscape which is about 10 feet wide <laughs> and it's all it's all fake you know all the fake trees and using the shadows and stuff just constructing this landscape and nothing ah i love it yeah i like the artificiality sometimes yes uh, yeah so i liked all the the use of like the, that barbaresque artificiality and the the colors and mm-hmm. oh yeah the colors are great in this yeah um yeah my Big hang-ups on it are probably, uh, I didn't find, uh, watching it this time, I didn't find Winona Ryder particularly good in this. Mm. Uh, As far as, uh, like, her acting was fine, but I found there was no chemistry there between her and, and Dracula, really. It fell very flat to me this time, um... I'm not quite sure why. I liked Sadie though, um, her friend Lucy. Yeah, that uh, or yeah, Sadie who played Lucy. Uh, I thought delivered a good performance. Um, that costume she was, was chewing weird. the scenery like crazy. Yeah, it was that. great. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I liked about it. And uh, I, I did like how the uh, the American got sucked in, <laughs> got sucked into the whole thing and ended up getting his neck ripped out. Then he gets stabbed in the back. Was that what it was? Yeah, one of the gypsies. I shouldn't use that word, but that's what they call uh, him in the film. That's what yeah. they call him in the film, and that you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because we should take the, you know, racial cues from Victorian. Yes. England. Uh Anyway. Uh. Yeah, he gets stabbed in the back and then dies. Oh, okay. I was thinking that she got his neck, but that might have been another character. That was the Rocketeer. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah. So we. So who else do we have in this? Carrie Elways was in this. Mm-hmm. Robin Hood. Yeah. 
or you know uh sting's uh uh adversary in the bride yes yeah he was in that so yeah um is this is this a love story or is this a horror story uh, yeah, I like the where it diverged from the novel the most was uh, with Dracula's history and and the emphasis on the romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause, yeah, because there's nothing that there's none of that in the book. So if he gets what he wants and Jonathan Harker doesn't, um, other than having to feed, does everything else just kind of go away and not be a problem? No. No? <laughs> no. Not with vampires. No, because I was thinking, well, you know, Van Helsing could just be like, all right then, <laughs> just head home. Just head home. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Gonna, this is not going to work out well for London. <laughs> well, you know, London's a big city with a lot of people in it. Are they going to notice? Jack the Ripper barely made a dent, right? Right. This is only like nine years afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So... What's the harm? Yeah, like London's so horrible. Oh my Barely god! Knows. Yeah, yeah. It would, they wouldn't have known the difference if if Dracula had to go out and his and his uh, I guess would be his bride. If they were to go out every night and have to kill a couple people each in a city that big, with all the problems it had, mm-hmm. Van Helsing just... could just go home. <laughs> <laughs> that American can just shut up and get back on the boat and go back. They dump the body in the Thames. Nobody's going to know. No one's going to notice any of They're this. Probably like 50 bodies out of there, fished out of there every day. Mm-hmm. Much shorter movie. Everyone's happy. Everybody's happy but Jonathan Harker. Yeah, so what? You know? Yeah, he's a weak character. We don't like him. <laughs> Dracula. We want to see him get the girl. But uh, unfortunately, that... Isn't how the movie goes. No. But uh, what if, okay, just hear me out. What if Dracula meets Jack the Ripper? Uh, But doesn't kill him, but turns him into a vampire. So he's Jack the Vampire Super Ripper. Now Hmm. Now he can fly. He can do his killings with fangs. Maybe. Only if you have him tie and travel through the London Bridge, which is now in Arizona. <laughs> and he fights David Hasselhoff. <laughs> it's the only way that movie is going to work. And you put it on TV. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> and you dress him like his, he's an Elizabethan character and not Victorian at all. Okay. What was that called? Is it Terror on the... Tear at the Tear London on the Bridge. bridge Tear on the Bridge. Yeah, something like that. We have to look that up. This was a Hasselhoff movie? This was a Hasselhoff made-for-TV movie. Probably oh, came see. out in 1988. I thought to, you were uh, joking. You know, to... Uh, okay. Cash in, as it would be, on the 100th anniversary. Oh, yes. Because I know there were a lot of things, Jack the Ripper, in 1988. Mm, let's see. Um... Street parades. Witchery. Street, big floats with dioramas. <laughs> Stabbing. <laughs> Would it be witchery? Mary no. Kelly waving. He was in more than one so-called horror movie? Oh, yeah. Look, 1988, made for TV movie. Terror on the bridge. Terror. Terror through time. Okay, let's um, see. Um, hmm. 
do you think that it's possible that he's had the internet scrubbed of all references to this? <laughs> uh, it's probably on Tubi. Probably knowing Tubi. You know, uh, I mean, David Hasselhoff. It was vampire. on something recent. Not to, I didn't rewatch it, but maybe I saw it on YouTube. Um, I mean, it's probably been a year or two, but it was something like, "Oh my God, I remember that." All came flooding back. <laughs> Weird. Um, yeah, I don't see why they would have witchery, but not that movie. How hmm. bizarre is that? Um, so, are you sure it's Hasselhoff? Yeah, I was pretty sure it was okay. Hasselhoff. It wasn't Lee Majors or anyone. No, not that old. He just turned eighty-five. Lee Majors. Yeah, pretty recently. He's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Our top story tonight: Lee Majors still alive. <laughs> still alive. Found dead. <laughs> oh man, there's one hundred and thirty-three credits. So no, no wonder he could bury that somewhere. David yeah. Hasselhoff's been in 133 movies? Well, 133 things, which include, like, Robot Chicken. Oh. And Dancing Ninja, whatever the hell that he is. He was in Piranha Double D. I don't think he's worried about a <laughs> 1980s Ripper movie. You don't, you don't think he's <laughs> protecting get, his get reputation? That, get that off the internet. So this do anything. <laughs> anything. Uh... Okay. Do they still have that video of him eating a cheeseburger? <laughs> Probably, when he's all drunk. Yeah. Uh, Terror at London Bridge. There you go. TV movie from 1985. 85? Wow. My pick for the next <laughs> time it's my If you can okay. find it, I will not rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's bad. It's real bad. I think it was on NBC. Oh, I remember re- being real excited for it because, you know, Jack the Ripper, yeah. time travel, those two things, they seem like they should go together well. How could it be a bad movie? How could it be a bad movie? It's got David Hasselhoff from Knight Rider in it. Yeah. And later Baywatch. But I don't know. I like my Dracula Ripper idea better. I don't know. Anyway, um... What what else uh, what else did work for you, Will, in this movie? Mm. We got some performances that did, some performances that didn't. In retrospect, you like the the matting and composite stuff. Yeah, and the uh, the old old fashioned iris uh-huh. transition. Oh yeah, the the, the, the wipes. Yeah, and the yeah. old uh, hand crank camera that they used at some point. Yeah, when when, first in London. And then you can hear them talking about the kinematograph uh-huh and then they go by the lyceum theater yeah and, the, and there's sir henry irving in hamlet yeah which, which oh, you there, you there you go you have to know bram stoker nonsense to he was the assistant to oh henry irving and henry irving was like the line big... to his characterization of dracula yeah interesting well that's kind of cool that they sort of stashed that in there yeah, in plain sight. Yeah, I spent the afternoon reading up on, I don't know, uh, f- hidden themes in Dracula, should we say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, sort of interesting. Seems like he was a pretty conflicted dude. Yeah. I mean, if, if we're to, you know, take this 
uh, origin story, um, Vlad the Impaler. As no, I meant Bram Stoker. Oh, yeah. Himself oh. was a pretty conflicted dude. Oh, okay. His friend Oscar Wilde was arrested. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of th- some thought that maybe this was. Oh, you, you can see it with uh, Harker and Dracula when he's at the castle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some uh, homoeroticism there. Yeah. It doesn't take a genius to read into what blood and another bodily fluid could be exchanged. Sure. For, you know, so. Yeah. Um, What do you think of the, and I don't know if this was in the book, like I said, it's been a long time for me since reading this, but... Um, uh, Jonathan Harker's uh, maybe imagined, maybe real uh, threesome. Yeah, that's in the book. Foursome, is it? With Monica Bellucci. Yeah. yeah. How interesting was that? And you that was great, like... great. I love the shots of the bed and the, yeah. the colors and the women emerging from the sheets. Oh. And you could just kind of see the the you know the mechanics of of the bed, you know, ejecting yeah, them out of. If the... you'd done that with CG. It would look terrible. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that if you've, you know, the second time you watch it, you can kind of see it happen. Yeah. But when you're not expecting it the first time, you can't really tell that there's like a platform that they just Mm -hmm. rolled up on. Actually, it's, it's done backwards. Oh. She sinks into the bed. Oh. But then they reversed the film. If you watch when she gets out, her movement looks all jerky. A little weird. A little Marilyn Manson. But it totally works (laughs) because she's a vampire. You know, they don't have to necessarily move completely. Uh, when Lucy crawls out of the coffin, yes, she's actually, they, they reverse it. Yeah, she's yeah. going. I yeah. don't know why I can see that now, but film reversal just stands out <laughs> so often. I think the more movies we watch, the more. Uh-huh, you just, yeah, like, I mean, we talk about, you know, all the practical effects in this. That was not something, although I appreciated special effects then, it did not make quite the impression on me that it did this time. And I think maybe that's because CGI is so prevalent, mm-hmm. prevalent. Pre- yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of nice to see these. Like, how do they do that shadow? Yeah. You know, that you see sometimes in movies where they obviously used a gimbal to get people to fall certain ways or run up on a ceiling or something. And uh, this one, I don't know if that's what they did, but when the when Dracula came in and chased the the vampire women off of Jonathan, mm-hmm. uh, they all kind of ran like spiders. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it looked like a gimbal, but and he floats in on something. Yeah, yeah, on a dolly. Yeah, they're tracking. Yeah, a dolly track of some sort. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Maybe he skateboarded in, but. Yeah, that stuff all looks... It's got rollerblades. <laughs> it was 1992. It was obviously rollerblades. <laughs> it kind of had to be, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but um, was it... Uh, it's, it's a little bit longer movie. Was it Was it still satisfying for both of you? Yeah. Like, didn't feel like a slog? No, it No, it didn't feel like a slog. It, it rolled right along. Um, yeah. It kept going. Um, he was also... Uh, he's not above gore and cheap shock effects exactly yeah there's poke you know. things up now and then yeah yeah like uh dracula licking the straight razor oh that's a good scene that's pretty cool looking. yeah and going directly from a beheading to a steak dinner 
It's just like <laughs> Oh yeah, there were some great uh dissolves in this from one thing to the next. <laughs> yeah, um Gary Oldman really I th- I thought delivered a good performance because yeah. he had to play more than one version of his character mm-hmm. throughout the whole movie. And I don't know what sequence they filmed it in, but I really liked each phase of his character for how different they were. Well, they would have filmed the younger parts first and then waited till he got old. Waited yeah. 200 years. Uh-huh, to yeah. film the older parts. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Any other uh, high points or low points that... Uh, uh, I thought the blood looked terrible in this movie. Did you? Yeah, blood is not that transparent. I don't... It's a little more opaque. I didn't remember, yeah, and you don't it want looks, it too opaque to where it looks like paint, though. You know? No, but uh, somewhere it looked a little more hero syrupy than I would have liked. Hmm. Now, there were a couple of scenes where I thought it... I think the blood transfusion is the one where, because you see it fill up the little vial, mm-hmm. it looks a little weird. Yeah. Any other things that uh, stood out, uh, for better or worse? Yeah, on the sound design... This soundtrack, yeah, really impressive. Yeah, we had Annie Lennox on the. I was uh, say, I didn't even uh, remember there was an Annie yeah, Lennox yeah. song. And, uh, yeah, and Diamanda Galas doing some of the uh, uh, more unearthly vo- vocals. Yeah. Yeah, she she's a. Uh, do you know her? No. She's uh, this Greek. Uh, she's got quite a range, octave range. And, oh, okay. But uh, she put out these records uh, i remember buying one and bring it home and i was on my own and the record is one of those records that says play at maximum volume <laughs> so i did i cranked it up and it's, it's terrifying oh man <laughs> uh, was the was the ending satisfying the whole killing scene and all the when the credits roll, it's always satisfying. <laughs> well, as I say, it's like I'm glad I'm glad they did this, but there's too many characters for me to really be invested in any of them. Um, yeah, you know, I thought the most interesting bit was uh, Elizabeth slash Mina and Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I I'd, I would have liked more emphasis on that and getting away from the novel more than trying to do the faithful novel yeah yeah because there's, there's just too much yeah and, and i did kind of like how you got the um you know uh is amina looking up at the fresco you know of dracula and and or you know uh vlad whatever uh and mina ascending mm-hmm. together i thought that was kind of cool yes like, but although she's end of the sun yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but like uh, in general, where I think horror movies uh, shouldn't have, they should have too little plot rather than too much. Yeah. I think plot gets in the way of horror. It yeah. It definitely can. And in this case, yeah, you, you could have scaled down the cast of characters by a third and still been able to get your point across and tell the story and have all of the cool stuff still happen. You know, just have it happen with fewer characters or cut certain scenes. Yeah. I and mean, if you want to see it done that way, watch Nosferatu or The Hammer Dracula. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, that, and again, the, those have been done. They mm-hmm. wanted to do the, you know, this version. Yeah. So, kudos, yeah. kudos for that. I thought it did a good job. 
and I didn't think to look up any interviews with uh, Coppola and see, you know, had he considered casting his nephew in this. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine Nick Cage? Man, he's, um, he's in Renfield now, isn't he? Yeah, he's um, he's playing. Yeah, he's playing Dracula. Yeah, it's funny. I, I wiped that out without stopping to think. You know, that's actually happening now. <laughs> but um, yeah. vampires kiss was that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's one of his craziest. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> um, but uh, I gotta wonder, you know, did Coppola just say, "No, no, I stand by this. It's great," or did he say, "You know, maybe there's a few things I could have done differently." Uh, I'm not sure where he stands Roman on it. Worked on it. He was, he was in the second unit. Okay. Yeah, it it's just um, successful in some ways for for me as a viewer, and in some ways it's not. So. Uh, I've gone back and watched it, and I and I did enjoy it mm-hmm. um, overall. Uh, shall we do the recommends? Okay. Yeah, um, soft recommend. Yeah, Julian. Yep. Same. Great looking. It looks great. Yeah. You know, it was it, at no point does it drag. No. No point was I bored. Um, it's perhaps a tad over the top at times. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do? I mean. Yeah. Is that the worst thing a movie can do? Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I recommend it. I, I do like it. I do recommend it um, with, you know, the misgivings previously mentioned. Uh, well, you know, there's nothing you can do I had do to give that. it a grade. I'd give it a B. Okay. Yeah. I, you I, know, they did the work. Yeah. But not everything was successful. Yeah. And, and to put in that much hard work and have something not successful, it's not for lack of trying. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it should be appreciated for the efforts put into it. And um, you could do a lot worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you pour yourself a flagon of Coppola wine and, and enjoy. Yeah. Oh, I never drink wine. <laughs> they did work that line in there, too. Oh, yes. The children of the night and yeah, the yeah, wine, yeah, yeah. both of those. Yeah, I don't know if those are in the book, but uh, no. yeah, at least they're in 1931 Dracula. With yeah, the, I think that's where they came from. Yeah, it seemed like it. Um, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, I don't think so. Cool. Well, listeners, thank you for listening. Stay off the moors. <laughs>